Good morning, everyone. Sounds like an official school welcome. Yeah, I'll do it on this. Cool. I went running yesterday with a lad called Matty who visited last week, and he had so many good things to say about the Vine Church and his visit. He was warmly welcomed, and he was massively blown away by the worship and was talking about it for quite a bit around the run and the word that was delivered. So I just wanted to say, well, done to the Vine Church because we bless so many people and we don't even realize that week after week people come in and serve, they welcome at the front, the guys who serve at the back. Top job to George and is it Ronnie, the, the drummer? Yeah, you guys were awesome this morning. That was uh, uh, amazing to, to be able to still have um, worship when Tim decided to slack off. I mean, you guys have really, really shown, shown us how it should be done, eh? Oh, I can. So, um, I'm going to talk on Genesis 13. I have chewed over this one verse for about the last month, and we know that the Word of God can convict and it can cut right through the deepest parts of inside of us. And this story, every time I read it, would just give more and more insight and wisdom and conviction and teaching. So I want to look at a story of Abraham, who we later know as Abraham, and Lot, who was his nephew. Family. What happens when there's families? There's potential room for conflict, disagreement, division, you name it. Um, So I'm going to quickly read Genesis 13, and then we'll go through it. So Abraham went up from Egypt to the Negev desert, He took his wife and everything he had. Lot went with him. Abram became very rich and had a a lot of livestock and silver and gold. He went from place to place until he came to Bethel. Then he came to the place between Bethel and Ai, where his tent had been earlier. There he called on the name of the Lord at the altar he had built. Lot was moving around with Abram. Lot also had flocks and herds and tents, but the land didn't have enough food for both Abram and Lot. They had large herds and many servants, so they weren't able to stay together. The people who took care of Abram's herds and those who took care of Lot's herds began to argue. The Canaanites and the Perizzites were also living in the land at that time. So Abram said to Lot, let's not argue with each other. The people taking care of your herds and those taking care of mine shouldn't argue with one another either. After all, we're part of the same family. Isn't it the whole land in front of you? Let's separate. If you go to the left, I'll go to the right. If you go to the right, I'll go to the left. Lot looked around, he saw that the whole Jordan River Valley toward the town of Sor had plenty of water. It was like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt. This was before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. So Lot chose the whole Jordan River Valley for himself. Then he started out toward the east. The two men separated. Abram lived in the land of Canaan. He lived among the cities of the Jordan River Valley, he set up his tent near Sodom. The people of Sodom were evil. They were sinning against the Lord. I'm going to stop there and read that next bit 
towards the end. But basically, Lot took the law. He took everything. He um, probably was rich because Abraham was rich. He was milking it and, uh, and um, running under the success of his uncle. But he took everything. I've preached many times on the stage, and whatever subject I preach on, I always take a moment to sit down and pray and say, Lord, I genuinely don't feel like I'm the person to deliver this message because I fall short of what I'm preaching on. And I do in this case as well. But I was reminded of a story when I was uh, uh, back in the 90s. I feel like I'm getting to an age now where I can use that kind of terminology. Back in the 90s when I was about 11, um, a beautiful sunny day before mobile phones and social media, kids went out and played and we were playing football in the street, just me and my closest mate. The two of us were inseparable. And there was a commotion coming down the street. There was laughing and shouting and jeering and um, balls being kicked about. And two of our mates came running over and said, look, you're not going to believe it. We've got real full-size goal nets. I think they were charitably donated, which is another word for nicked. And we're going to go up to Peyton Street Park and put them up and play World Cup or twosies. Two-man, I can't remember what the terminology is, two-man World Cup knockout, that's it, World Cup knockout. And, uh, but the guys who had the nets were older, they were like eight, seven, 16, 17, they had their bottles of Buckfast and their cigarettes and all the rest of it. Typically the type of kids shouldn't have been hanging about with. But I said, let's go, we'll only be 45 minutes, my mum and dad will never know, let's do it. And he's like, nah, I'm going to wait because my mum will need to come back and know where I am. So we waited and waited and waited for ages. Finally, his mum came up. The game's well underway by now. And his mum says, you can go, but make sure Stephen's mum knows where he's going. So I was like, oh, blast, I need to run up the hill. So I ran up. I was like, mum, there's real nets, full-size goals. Everyone's here. It's going to be the best ever. You're not going. That was it. So I came back out with the mindset thinking to my mate, I mean, I waited half an hour back on him to hear from his mum. And then he says, oh, sorry, man, I can't go. He's like, all right, see you. And off he went. And I blessed them all the way, like that. And it doesn't hurt me to this day. So he went with a lot. I heard all the stories. Anyone who can miss out on putting a ball, the sound of a leather ball rolling around the nylon net to sacrifice that and obedience to the parents. I think that what God was saying is you qualify for this <laughs> sermon this morning. So that's why we're going to go for it. So. Basically, this story is about conflict, and I want to ask, how do you respond to conflict? Like Abraham and Lot, there was a clash, there was arguing between the herdsmen, there was potential for a dispute and a fallout and a breakup, but it was handled by Abram. But how do we respond to conflict, husbands and wives? How do teenagers respond to their parents when there's conflict, when they don't want to pick up their clothes off the floor, which I'm still in agreement at nearly 40 years old, but they're meant to go in the washing basket, and that's just how it is, young guys and girls. Kids, young kids to your mums and dads, how do you respond when things don't go your way? Employees to management or to your boss, do you have disagreements and there's conflict, how do you respond? Business owners to employees, and also we'd like to mention believers with non-believers because we can sometimes come into conflict with the disagreement in our beliefs and we try and express ourselves and it can end up in an argument which gets unhealthy and doesn't really probably 
bring the gospel as it's meant to be. So I definitely don't pass the test on conflict. In fact, to be completely honest, when it comes to disagreeing and argument, I do one of two things. I keep going until I win, which is pride, and it's not Christian, but I do it often, and I'll stand up and Zara deserves a gold medal for enduring those long, drawn-out discussions. And the other thing I do is I put up, do you know what the Israel, Israel has like a, the Iron Dome, they call it, so if anything comes in, that's what I put up. I put up an Iron Dome around myself, and if you cross that line with me, don't even try and get in it, because I'm not willing to talk. It's a completely ungodly response, but it's one of my weaknesses, and I'm sure many of us have uh, weaknesses and blind spots and parts of us that maybe need a little bit of work when it comes to conflict. Um, Ephesians 4, 31 to 32 says, Get rid of all hard feelings, anger and rage. Stop all fighting and lying, and don't have anything to do with any kind of hatred. Be kind and tender to one another. Forgive one another, just as God forgave you because of what Christ has done. We should maybe get a chalkboard and write that up so we can see it every morning to get rid of all hard feelings. Um, which is uh, uh, something that can, we can hold on to long. We don't uh, let this, we're encouraged not to let the sun go down on our anger. We're meant to resolve things and deal with things as and then so that they don't um, take a, a deeper hold and grow roots within us. It can result in bitterness and, and a rage towards people. And just like my mate when he bumped me off that day for those football nets. I mean, that's uh, totally, I'm over it, of course, but it's had to express. <laughs> so Proverbs 13 verse 10, which I'm sure you all read this week, based on Jimmy's preach that we read Proverbs for the date, lining up with the chapter, where there is arguing, there is pride. But those who take advice are wise. Where there is arguing, there is pride. There's probably the root to it. Whereas with me, where I keep going is I just want to be, hear the words, Ah, you're right, which is probably it's not right at all. Um, and also, just for a little bit of humor, I've got a funny clip here on asking for forgiveness. Does anyone have an issue with humbling themselves, admitting that they're wrong, and saying, I'm sorry? Somebody, please, because I, yeah, thank you. One at the back, well done. I'll buy you a coffee later. Thank you for your honesty. Everyone else is good, so just me and you that need pastoral help here. Have a watch of this. This is me to a T. It's uh, just for a little bit of fun, but if you could show that clip running, that would be awesome. Oh, so good. That's perfect. 
Uh, come on, honestly, who is that? Come on, somebody, walk with me here. Who is like that? Thank you, Jill. Zara, whoa, what? Did my eyes see me? Oh. Yeah, so uh, for a bit of humor, yeah, sometimes admitting um, or being humble enough to seek an apology, uh, to give an apology as a, as a weakness, isn't it? So, so what about Ab Abram's response? Now, put this into context. He's been promised the nations and all the descendants of the earth will be a, a blessing from him. Count the stars, count the sand. That's how many descendants Abram would have. Riches, wealth, prosperity. That was promised to him. How did he respond to this situation? He, 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 never, um, he never took control or used power and, and authority because he had that promise. He, he handled it in a different manner. Um, he took the initiative and he faced the situation before it grew into a dispute. And it was resolved and with godly maturity and a gentleness. They pulled him. He said, let's not fight about this. I mean, let's bring this to attention and let's deal with it and, and we'll deal with it maturely. Um, and he, the other thing he did is he... he um, sorry, yes, well, I'm on that point. He took the initiative and um, we're told to be wise in situations. So he... I'm sure a lot of thought and prayer went into this, how do I resolve this? And the Bible encourages us to be, to be wise, and it says to be wise as serpent, but as gentle as a dove, to approach things with a grace and an understanding that um, we see things differently and to resolve it in a, in a godly sense. So addressing situations is something that we can learn from that story. I know of people through work who have had disputes and fallouts, the best of friends that have let money or a situation come between them where roots of bitterness grew and then a follow um, followed it and then the years of not talking and then one of those gentlemen sadly passed away from a, an illness and I know the other guy, I know it tears him apart inside because it was never dealt with and he has to live with the pain and the grief of not dealing with a situation. Maybe there's marriages that have fallen apart. It could have been saved if there was a proper, if there was an, an initiative taken and people addressed it um, properly. And the second thing Abram done was he was humble in his approach and he was willing to let, let Lot choose first. He didn't put himself first. He didn't put the circumstances. He may have looked at the... Um, the, the circumstances around them, there could be a famine coming up, there could be anything happening. I'm going to keep all this for myself. I'm going to take the best of everything for myself. But he didn't. He says, you choose. Because Abram's confidence was in God. It was in his promise. He'd heard from God. He knew God's plans for his life. And he was willing to say to Lot, you take whatever you like. Because his peace and his confidence and his trust was in God. Um, perhaps um, Lot, uh, sorry, Abram has been tested. How would he um, respond to conflict? Would he respond, like I said earlier, would, he, would it be with um, pride and power and arrogance because and, I've been promised this and this is all mine? But he just, um, the Bible tells us that he just let Lot choose and he, he um, took what he believed God would still work in his life and follow um, that promise. 
I'm almost doing well on time, 15 minutes, we're flying. So to finish verse 14 to 18, this is what happens after Abraham decides not to control matters, not to do things from his flesh. This is what happens to Abraham when he says, I'm laying this down and my trust is in God. Bible says in verse 14, you, sorry, the Lord spoke to Abram after Lot had left him. He said, look around you from where you are. Look north and south, east and west. I will give you all the land you see. I will give it forever to you and to your family who comes after you. I will make them like the dust of the earth. Can dust be counted? If it can, then your family can be counted. Go, walk through the land, See how long and wide it is. I am giving it to you. So Abram went to live near the large trees of Mamre of Hebron. There he pitched his tents and built an honor. Sorry, built an altar to honor God. What he gave up, God blessed him again. He he remade that covenant that I'm still going to bless you. I'm still going to give you the nations. I'm still going to um, give you. Um, the descendants will come through your heritage. And that, you know, to me, was that a test to Abram? Has he been tested to see how would he respond to a promise that God's given him? Does he feel the need to be in control? Does he feel the need to operate under power instead of humility? Does he feel the need to always be right? I want to encourage you with just three minutes to go. Um, anyone in this room that if you feel that there's grudges or pain from the past, I would really encouraged to read Genesis 13 with a study Bible preferably and just mull it over and let the Holy Spirit speak to us um, and know that, that those final verses to me speaks that there's freedom and forgiveness that when we let things go and when we put our trust and identity and the promises and the word of God that there's a freedom uh, and sometimes we can hold on I mean this is really silly but that story about my mate run off things stick, don't they? they? They go deep inside and we don't forget sometimes the impact of how that person rejected us or let us down or whatever. So I would encourage you to, to let the Holy Spirit work within you and see if there's anything in you that needs to be um, resolved or dealt with. And, you know, we're asked daily to pick up our cross, to come to the feet of Jesus and pick up your cross. God wants to live, us to live in freedom and to bless us so much and i want to encourage us as christians as that verse says um and ephesians to get rid of all hard feelings anger and rage stop the fighting and the lying don't have anything to do with any kind of hatred be kind and tender to one another you know jesus when he was on the cross was uh, mocked and ridiculed and said if you're really the son of god come down and show yourself there's a picture of humility to me that he's on a cross dying for those very people and God calls us every day to pick up our cross and to be humble Christians but wise at the same time um, and yeah so I'm going to hand it back over I've done it in 19 and 22 seconds it can be done and I, and I just say uh, George if you could lead us in a song and maybe Alan can pray and um, yeah, we'll finish there. And if you want to talk to anyone, if there's anything that, that speaks to you, come in and see Alan and Stuart and Jill and Tim and Mel, the elders, and, um, or anyone else. And 
Uh, we're here for prayer and stuff. We want to see people um, overcome and, and move forward and to break away from anything that's uh, roots that's in us that shouldn't be and to let Jesus Christ and his Holy Spirit um, do our deep work. So over to you guys. Thanks so much.